I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Bruce Arians says he can win with Jameis Winston. And he can win with another quarterback as well. When will a decision be made on the Bucks quarterback? And who are the players that the Bucks want to re-sign on defense? Which player do they want to begin locking up to a long-term deal now. We'll tell you what Bruce Arians had to say about Winston's future because we're checking our sheet and we're going to evaluate the quarterback position for 2020 for the Bucks on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. So it was a post-mortem, of course, uh, after the final game on Sunday. We met with Bruce Arians on Monday, talked to some of the players after that. And as you would expect, even though Bruce Arians, Steve, came in and said, Hey, I'm going to tell you guys right now off the top, you can save your breath. I'm not going to I'm not going to talk much about Winston. He then proceeded to talk a lot about Jameis Winston. So we appreciate that he at least entertained our questions. And the takeaway is that uh, this will not be a long-term decision in that, you know, they, they will not spend a ton of time on it. Probably, he said they would probably have an answer in a couple of weeks. They won't necessarily announce it um, because he made it clear that there is leverage involved here, both with with Jameis and with with other teams, obviously, uh, and in free agency with other free agents, you don't want to necessarily telegraph what you're doing to the other teams in case you're competing with with them for certain free agents. Um, but it's clear that that this will be a big decision. They recognize that Bruce recognizes it. He wants to take his time, evaluate all the throws. Even though I would I would maintain that that's done every week, so there's not going to be any surprises when they go back and sort of look at at the. Um, you know, at the interceptions, the the amazing thing I would I would focus on is sort of the tone. You know, going back to Sunday night, which was interesting, um, and I know there's emotion after every game, and you sort of expect when a game ends that way, when when a season ends that way, with a pick six in overtime, um, when Jameis Winston is the guy who's throwing it, uh, and you go from a potential eight and eight record to to you know to seven and nine um, in that fashion, it's shocking and. You know, 10 minutes sometimes isn't enough to cool guys down. And, you know, after the game, Bruce Arians was asked about ending the season that way, and he said um, it smells as bad as it could possibly smell, and it'll smell that way for a long time. Um, you know, he, he was he was fairly, you know, fairly damning uh, uh, about sort of the way the, the year ended and the, the fact that it was, you know, it was a turnover, and that's been the story of their season, and it certainly was the story of Jameis' season with the 30th interception on that play. Um, so there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of good, warm, you know, feelies. It wasn't like in, in previous games earlier in the year where he would come in there and sort of say, well, this interception was on this player and, you know, then, you know, say, say nice things about, about Winston's performance. Um, but when you think about it, I mean, this team was seven and seven and, you know, you have those pick sixes and all of a sudden everything changes. The opposite of that was sort of Winston's position, which was weird to me. Um, he was very defiant, okay, and and he was asked questions about his future, which he's necessarily not prepared to answer because he doesn't know. Um, 
but in particular, you know, about his turnovers and whether or not, I think Greg Allman asked him whether or not he felt as though his turnovers will be something that will be weighed heavily by the Bucks when they do their, their evaluation. And, you know, he, he talked about how, you know, he's, he's balling and all this stuff and said, look, I'm focused on how I can get better because I know if I eliminate those, meaning the turnovers, I'm going to be the best. So that's bar none. You better check your sheet. If I eliminate those, I'm going to be the best. Well, we've checked our sheet, and that sheet has a big 3-0 in terms of interceptions, which no one's ever thrown 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns in the same season. So, you know, 5,000 yards aside, um, you know, Jameis was was already sort of on the defensive. So let's flash forward to Monday, um, you know, where Bruce Arians, I would not want to play poker with this guy. Let me just tell you, he would take my money. There's no doubt about it because – he came in saying, I'm not going to talk about Jameis. He talked about Jameis, and yet you either believe that he's ready to end the relationship or he's ready to begin negotiations right now or that he can't forget the turnovers or he's ready to forgive them all. <laughs> I mean, there was just like, you know, it's kind of all over the map, and it really is just completely open to interpretation. Like, what did you hear him say? Um, but here's what he did say, and there was some disputing um, about some of the language, which which I have now – completely taken off the Bucks quote sheet um, since that's the official record that they, that they want to go with. Um, but the one thing I asked him specifically was, can you win with another quarterback? Can this team, because he talked about how good the team was and how, much, how good the talent was, I said, can this team win with another quarterback? And he repeated sort of the question. He said, with another quarterback? Oh, yeah. We can win with this one. We can definitely win with another one, too. And then he said, we're going to have this defense, which, which he thinks gives them a chance uh, in most games. So there you have it. That's sort of the money quote. And, and you got to like Bruce's honesty. The thing you have to understand about Bruce is whether this is trying to gain leverage on a possible negotiation or not tip his hand or what have you, um, is that he does not lack for confidence, okay? Uh, you know, Bruce Arians came here to coach Jameis Winston to see if he could – turn this franchise quarterback around, particularly stop the one problem he had, which was turnovers, and it was an abject failure. And you can blame Jameis. You can blame Bruce. It doesn't matter. Uh, The proof is in the numbers. He had more interceptions than he's had in his whole career, more pick sixes than any team, any player in in NFL history with seven, Um, you know, more uh, first series interceptions than we've ever seen, you know, more four first pass interceptions there were four of those that we've ever seen so you know in that one area which was the biggest one that they wanted to fix they couldn't fix it you know he got better with the long ball he threw for more yards Uh, occasionally he would throw the ball out of bounds or take a sack here and there so there were elements of his game that improved but the one they wanted to improve actually just never happened and so now they got to make a decision and what Arian said was that, you know, we'll, we'll decide over the next couple of weeks and then we probably won't let anybody know, but, um, but it's not going to take maybe as long as you think. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I, I really, you know, Steve, I, I don't have a, a terrific feel. I think that's the intent was to sort of leave it up in the air a little bit. Um, but both these guys are sort of positioning things through the, you know, through the media, um, you know, making it possible that Jameis, they may move on from Jameis. Um, but we, and we'll, we'll talk, we'll discuss their options. But right now, I think they're both kind of dug in about, you know, 
hey, I'm a great quarterback. I just got to fix the turnovers. And then, you know, Bruce being like, yeah, we can win with them, but we can also win with other quarterbacks too. It is very interesting how quickly the public tone has changed from both. And, mm-hmm. and granted, and part of that, the season being over helps that where, you know, during the yeah. season, you're on the same team, you're, you're fighting the same battles, the goals to win this week, the next game, you, mm-hmm. the next game, you don't have to be calling out's not the right word, but you're not, you don't have you're to not be adversarial. Quite, yeah, you're you're not adversarial. Together. You don't have to be yeah. quite forthcoming on everything. Now that the season's ending, you're seeing a no, tone change from time. both. And granted, you know, Jameis Winston's a free agent, essentially, unless he's franchised. Well, he is, yeah. Yeah, he will become March if he's not franchised. That's right, the new league year. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's, it's just it's, it's, it's a very different Bruce Arians tone than we've seen, which is it's mm-hmm. – I, I don't want to say it's surprising or shocking because I, I don't know if it is, but I think it's revealing that the questions that we've all had all season and fans and you and me and others, Bruce is having the same questions. He didn't during the season didn't necessarily say that, but you know, can he cut down the interceptions? And I I don't yeah not sure what what Bruce well, never, thinks, but you know it obviously he never he did. didn't. Well, yeah, he didn't. So I mean, yeah. you know, mm. Jameis wants you to check the sheet. Well, the sheet sheet says you didn't. There's thirty right. interceptions. No, he did. Yeah, I mean, if if you start the season saying you know there's this one thing we have to iron out of him some way, and even if you allow that there might be an uptick, right, from fifteen to I don't know seventeen, twenty, eighteen, I don't know, pick a number you're comfortable with. You could even you could even rationalize it that way, but to throw thirty and and you know just a god awful feeling, and and I mean, look, it's very likely. Uh, not very likely, but it's possible that he threw his last pass in Tampa Bay. And where did it end up? A pick six to lose a game. What was his first pass in the NFL? A pick six to Cody Sensabaugh by the Tennessee Titans playing Marcus Mariota, uh, and they wound up losing the game. Um, so, you know, it, it's almost a bizarre, uh, imperfect-like symmetry uh, with his career here in Tampa Bay, which has been more about the mistakes he's made than than some of the marvelous throws and plays that he's made because he's, he's he's very extremely capable of that and you know no I'm not forgetting that Matt may you know that Matt Gay missed three field goals and if he had made one of them they win the game and I'm not forgetting that uh, you know there was a fumble by somebody else in that game that you know may have cost them and um, you know he was playing with a broken thumb we can go on and on and on mm-hmm. um, but the macro it's time now to take a step back from any specific game and and you know like the bucks are going to do and make a decision whether you want to go forward with him as your quarterback in 2020 um, or you know do you feel as though he he's just it's not going to happen and if you think it's not going to happen then you got to move on now the one thing Bruce made clear was that no decision is made without an eye to the future. And so the biggest thing you have to look out onto the landscape and say, okay, and as Bruce termed it, what's behind, what's behind door number two? In other words, who is better that I can, that I can sign or draft or what have you um, that can come in here and win football games? Who is going to be better than that than Jameis Winston? And that's that's a hard question to answer, and it's one that they're not going to be able to answer shortly because, you know, um, they have until March the new league year. There's a number of free agents. Some guys are or are not free agents yet that may become that way. 
um, you know, and you have time. And when there's time, people are going to take their time. But, 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 you know, I do think that, that Bruce would, would like to come to a resolution with it sooner than later. There's advantages to doing that. One of them would be to let other free agents know that you're in, you're in the market, you're in business. You know, if you're, if you're after Teddy Bridgewater or you want to be at that table, you know, when there's two or three other teams looking for him as their starter, then you need to, you need to make his representatives aware of that. And so, um, you know, by the same token, if you're going to re-sign Jameis or franchise him, um, maybe you don't advertise that, you know, or, or maybe if you're going to release him, you don't advertise it because you don't want other free agents to know that you're going to release him. And so therefore they're asking for much more money than they really are entitled to because they feel like they've got leverage on you. So there's a lot of, lot of games that are being played here. Um, but for the most part, Bruce is pretty honest when you ask him a question. And, you know, this is not like in a vacuum, it would seem that, okay, there's the staff. And they're all going to weigh in. They're all going to have their opinions. Leftwich is going to have his opinion. Clyde Christensen is going to have his opinion. Hell, they may ask some other guys on the staff. And then B.A. is going to have his opinion. And then they're going to take all that and, and, and come to a decision. But, you know, Jason Light has to be involved with that, obviously, because he drafted the guy and he's got to re-sign him. Ultimately, though, they got to take all this information and all these opinions and they got to go to the ownership. And they got to say, listen, here's what we think. Right. But the final decision does not rest with Bruce Arians. It doesn't rest with Jason Light. It rests with the owners. And the owners have a really close, tight knit relationship with, you know, with Jameis Winston. But if you're not going to listen to your 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 coach that you hired, that's been in the two time NFL coach of the year. um, If he says bring him back, you know what? You should probably bring him back. If he says let him go, you got it. You got to kind of stick behind your guy, don't you? I mean, at this point. You do, Isn't but that's why he's here. But but you also mentioned you can't. This isn't done in a vacuum. Doesn't no, doesn't Shaquille not. Barrett signing affect this too? Absolutely. If you have Absolutely. to use the franchise on Shaquille Barrett, mm-hmm. that affects some of your decision making on Jameis Winston. I mean, right now you do have the franchise and the transition tag, but if mm-hmm. a new CBA comes along, you may not. You'll have just one, mm-hmm. and so. You know, Bruce Arians has made it very clear he wants Shaq Barrett back. Yeah, you know, there was no secret about that in his in his comments. No. You know, at, before after Week 16, right? And so if you want him back, Jameis is signing and and what Jameis is willing to do, as far as if, mm-hmm. if without a franchise tag, what he may be willing to sign or not willing to sign affects Shaquille mm-hmm. Barrett and vice versa too. It absolutely does. It's an allocation system, and and while the Bucks have some eighty five or close to ninety million dollars under the salary cap, uh, Bruce Arians said on Monday that among the priorities that he has is keeping that defensive front seven together, and that makes sense, right? Because they were number one against the run; no one could run on them, and yet everybody on that defensive line and or outside linebackers in this three four. They're all free agents with the exception of Vita Vea. I mean, right across the board. Um, so, yeah, let's look at Shaq Barrett. I mean, they, you know, he could get 18 to $20 million a year on the open market. The man didn't just leave your franchise number and break Warren Sapp's record that's been held since 2000 at 16 and a half. He went on and became the NFL's sack champion, okay, with 19 and a half. So, I mean, it, it's remarkable what he has accomplished. And, 
you know, that's not to say he can reach this these numbers again. He most likely won't, according to Todd Bowles. Um, but you can't let a guy like that that you, you found, that you discovered out of Tampa Bay. But that's going to be a huge number uh, to try to fit under your salary cap, particularly if you're looking at franchising the quarterback at 25 or $27 million. But it doesn't stop there. I mean, he would like to have Jason Pierre-Paul, like he said, that's that's a major priority. Well, Jason Pierre-Paul missed six games because of his accident that he fractured his neck. He comes back, and the guy's got eight and a half sacks, for Christ's sakes. He just, I mean, he, he's an, he's unbelievable in his in his ability to get to the quarterback. And, you know, he, he made all nine and a half million dollars in incentive, you know, with the, with the incentives uh, after they redid his deal. So he's a free agent. Carl Nassib, who's a big motor guy, a guy that really gives you juice on that defensive line or, or linebacker, um, he's a free agent. You know, they got him off waivers from the Cleveland Browns. And in Damakon Sue, who I didn't have a chance to talk to really on Monday, um, but, you know, I was skeptical when he came here. I, I thought, you know, fourth team in four years, $9.5 million, taking over from Gerald McCoy, the number of the whole business. You know, at this point in his career, it seems like Sue is sort of a mercenary, you know, have gun, will travel, just pay pay my going rate. Um, but being around him and listening to the coaches, particularly Todd Bowles, they were effusive in what a smart player he was, how intelligent he was, how thirsty for knowledge he was, how willing he was to try everything they asked him to do. Um, you know, and when you hear that, you think, hmm, you know, if Sue decides to play and he kind of goes year to year at this point in his career with his wife and everything, um, they would want Sue back as well. So there's, there's you know, major signings that's going to eat up a significant part of your salary cap, which certainly goes into playing, you know, at the quarterback position because if you do decide to move on from Jameis Winston, yeah, you don't necessarily have to, you know, put the franchise tag on anyone. You wouldn't have anybody here to do that with except maybe Barrett, um, but not another quarterback. Um, but then, you know, then you have to make sure, as he says, that you like what's behind door number two. You know, is it Teddy Bridgewater or Bust, or would you be okay with somebody lesser than that that might be available? And, oh, by the way, they're not playing for free. It's very likely you're going to get close to the $20 million range, you know, when I think, you know, that Bridgewater makes like 17 or 18 uh, backing up Drew Brees. Um, so there's there's a lot of, of of money involved. There's a lot of accounting involved. There's there's a lot of needs um, that that they want to fill, and you know that's that's sort of sort of the sliding scale that we're on right now. The other thing that he said that I thought was interesting in just sort of a macro kind of way, he was asked. Bruce was asked, "What would you like to say to Bucks fans?" You know, after this this season, and he said that we will quit beating ourselves and then we will be hard to beat. Penalties, turnovers, there's very few missed assignments anymore. The accountability is there. We play extremely hard. We will be a tough out. So what does he want to change the most? The same thing he wanted to change this year. He wants to stop the turnovers. Do you know, Steve, that this is the most turnovers a team has had in the last six years since the Cleveland Browns had – more uh when they went 0 and 16 what and what was that like 2 217 yeah like 20,000 2017 i mean that that's staggering to me like you had a team that lost all their games with with you know the second most turnovers to to you and you know Jameis, of course we know uh 
had the 30 interceptions. Um, you know, he also, I think he also lost, uh, what, six fumbles. They lost 11 as a team, and he lost he lost six of them. So, you know, that that's that's another. Which, which uh, just makes a, this season even more indescribable that. Really you're, is. You're talking about the most turnovers since the team that went 0 and 16. There's a reason you go mm-hmm. 0 and 16. This team went 7 and 9. Despite all that. And could have, you know, could have easily won a few more of those games. And oh, yet, for sure. And yet they have that many turnovers. It, it's. It's indescribable. I don't. I don't know of a better way to des- to describe it. That you know, kind of ironic yeah. there. But it, I've never seen. Listen, I've done this. You know, I've done this for a long time. I hate to to admit how long it's been, but it's been a very long time. I cannot remember a more bizarre sort of circumstance than that quarterback, the same guy, throwing that many turn that many interceptions, regardless of how they occurred. But particularly, like in cataclysmic fashion, right? Like you can look back on a good four, maybe five games that you know. I mentioned that he had, I think, five games where he had, you know, three or more interceptions, <laughs> and they lost. They lost four of them. So there's that. But then, then you just look at look at the last two. I mean, the last two. You know, you're playing the Texans, who are a playoff team. You come out and you and you're you're. Um, you know, your first pass is intercepted on the first series, and it's a pick six. And then a few plays later, your second pass is intercepted, and the guy runs it in the end zone as well, but it's called back. The, the return's called back because there was an illegal block. So you just started that game, and you've given them 10 points, a playoff team, 10 points. And I think they wound up scoring 23 and beating you 23-20. to 20. Um, And then you come back the next week, okay, still have a chance to go 8-8. Eight and eight. And you you know you you build a lead against Atlanta. They fight back. They wind up you know they scored one touchdown on a tackle eligible play that you blew, um, you know. And then they had a pick six you know to win the game. So in between, all they did was kick five field goals. Um, they had the ball inside the thirty all day, and your defense kept turning away. And so you lose those two games on bad plays by your quarterback. And now you got a totally different picture than one that would have been nine and seven. Still wouldn't have made the playoffs, um, but you know you wouldn't. You, you know that's why I always said people would say, "Well, don't you think they've made a decision?" My whole thing was no, because what if, right? Like good or bad. And as as Arians has said, there's an awful lot of good, but boy, there's really some terrible bad. And you know these last two games, the last game, it was all going to matter. But what an image, what an image to leave your franchise with of another player walking the ball, you know, ball over his head into the end zone after you've thrown the game away, this time in overtime, and you're coming off the field a loser because of your interceptions. I mean, you could not, you literally, I sat there and watched that and my jaw dropped. I was like, come on, you couldn't sell this screenplay to to Hollywood, you know? And and so that, that sticks with people. And, you know, look, again, it could go either way. There, there is a disagreement, at, I think, at some levels within the coaching staff. Who knows? But, um, you know, ultimately I think Bruce will have the, strong, the loudest voice, and then, then ultimately it's up to the Glazers. But it's clear that Jameis is fighting for, for his value. It's clear that what he said on the podium about, you know, I'm balling and, and check your sheet and all this stuff um, – He's emphasizing the good, the five thousand yards, the 
33 touchdowns, all that. Uh, and I understand that. But by the same token, you can't be tone deaf. I mean, you put yourself in a really bad position, you know, going into free agency, I think. I suppose there could be one team out there that's willing to pay you. But we've always said this on this podcast, Steve, like you just said it a minute ago, have the press conference. So I'm the San Diego Chargers, and I've moved on from Drew, from um, Philip Rivers, who had the second most turnovers. And I'm going to introduce my new quarterback, Jameis Winston. And everybody politely applauses. And then the first question comes, um, Mr. San Diego general manager, man, uh, tell us which one of those 30 interceptions – you know, that this guy threw last year, do you think he can, he can cut out of his game? And, I mean, that's a hard sell for what you would think would be a multi-year deal, maybe $90 million. Um, so maybe he has, to some extent, damaged his brand. I guess we'll find out if he makes it to free agency. Um, so all these things, you know, it's a really interesting time over there. It really is that, you know, the coaching staff is really good. The players got better for a change. It's not one thing to just draft, but you got to develop guys. Um, there is an uptick. You know, there's a reason to believe that they're they're going to be better next year. The coaches will be back. Bruce Arian says he feels good. Um, there's a reason to to think that. Yeah, you know what? Maybe this time there will be a little bit of turnover. But nothing is more important than this subject right now, and it will stay with us until we see a white puff of smoke or somebody announces that he either is or he isn't coming back in 2020. So, look, we, we're going to discuss a lot of this in our mailbag segment tomorrow. we got a lot of questions on Jameis on the Bucks, so um, stay tuned for that, and th- there'll be more talk, I'm sure, all week long and really over the next several weeks until the Bucs uh, make a decision on what they're going to do with their, with their quarterback. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. In the meantime, Plenty of college football to talk about. The uh, national, of course, semifinals were over the weekend in college football. Let me just say this. If you're a Big 12 fan, uh, particularly if you're an Oklahoma fan, please don't ever act like you're slighted because you may not make the college football playoff with one loss again. And if that loss was to say, oh, I don't know, Kansas State or Kansas or whoever the hell beat them. Look, it's not their fault they're in the Big 12, but – the Big 12 doesn't have any competition in terms of defenses in particular. Texas is still down. Um, I don't know whether the team's going to rise up and make that conference better. But, man, did they look outclassed against what was – which is, a, which is a, the, one, you know, the best LSU team in history, perhaps, and one that I think is going to be Clemson in the national final. Well, I, I think two things. I, I agree that the Big 12 defensively is, can't compare to, I don't know, any of the conferences, to be honest. Probably any um, of them, yeah. Although the ACC has been pretty bad of late, but it has. Let's be clear too. There was clearly three teams that were head and shoulders above everyone else in college football this year. That's right. And so it didn't matter. I don't think it mattered who you put in that number four spot. LSU was going to roll them. Yeah, probably. I mean, Utah Maybe not to that Utah, extent. Yeah, I mean, Utah. If, it may have been Utah a closer beat game Oregon. Because, yeah. 
Yeah, they might have been a little better, but because yeah, I think they would have shortened the game and it, it would have it would have played a little differently. But I still think LSU wins that going away. I agree. I'll agree with that. Um, I'll you know, agree with I, that. I think there was there was three teams that were superior to everybody else this year and were head and shoulders yeah. above. And you know, unfortunately, it, with a four team playoff, one of them was playing a team that was well below them, talent and execution and everything this year, and so. That semifinal was pretty predictable. It was going to be running away. I, maybe I didn't see it that bad of a blowout, but LSU, there was no question, yeah. was going to win that game. The other game. Yeah, I didn't see that, no. Yeah, the other game now. I wouldn't call it a mm. great game. Um, it was an entertaining contest. Um, it was close. It was, it was no, it was close. It was competitive. I thought it was a lot of missed opportunities and mistakes. You know, I, I, like I said, some bad officiating. There was all, mistakes all the way around, both teams and officiating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I, you know, everyone's complaining about the targeting penalty. The letter mm-hmm. of the rule, they got it right. Now it, it may be a bad like rule. To me. Yeah, it looked yeah. like targeting to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to say you don't like that rule, that's fine. But the, by mm-hmm. the rule, they got the call correct. I don't think they got mm-hmm. the fumble correct. No. I, I thought that was a fumble. Yeah, I do too. Uh, he and took like four steps. Is, I mean, it was quick, but he took like four steps. Like, when do you have? When do you establish possession at that point? Well, even the weirdest thing was, you know, they have the and I don't know his name, but they have the official, you know, working the game, you know, mm-hmm. for the network, right? And immediately he says, "Yeah, you know, uh, in, in instant replay, maybe it looks like one thing, but you know, you have to remember that this is at full speed." And he goes, "And to really." To really evaluate what the call was, you know, you have to you have to look at it at full speed. It does you no good to slow it down. Well, what the, what the hell are you up there for? I mean, <laughs> I thought replay was exactly for that to slow it down so that we can all see what really happened. And he basically wanted to say, yeah, it's inconsequential what you see on replay because in real time, this guy didn't have possession of the football, and that's what the officials were trying to decide. Uh, so we're, we're supposed to stop buying. using slow mo replay now. On certain calls, apparently, like it did, like it did make sense. It's like, well, we look at everything in slow mo. That's the whole idea of of the replay challenge. Is we the technology is so good that you can go frame by frame by frame. And he seemed to suggest that, yeah, but you know, if you look at it, in, you know, in, in the speed that it occurred, well, we're not ever going to look at it in the speed that it occurred. So I thought that was odd. But you're right that that was a call that that was pivotal uh, in that game, and and yet. You know, I mean, I was impressed with with Trevor Lawrence. I was impressed mm-hmm. with with you know some of the defense that was being played in Clemson. Clem, look, Clemson's won, they've been there, man. How many games have they won in a row now? Like twenty seven or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, they haven't lost in a very long time. And uh, look, I I think this will be a great championship. They're 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 rarely that close, but um, but Joe Burrow's on fire. That offense. I I mean, I was watching that game on Saturday and. He's thrown seven touchdown passes, and we're not out of the first half. I'm going, come on, something's wrong with my timing here. I've did, been watching this game for three hours. Did you see the stat that Joe Burrow has thrown 11 touchdowns in Mercedes-Benz Stadium this year, and Matt Ryan has thrown like eight? <laughs> and Joe and Burrow's only the played game? there in two games? <laughs> yeah. Where's the game? Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah. Well, look. The Cajun Nation will show out in full force. I, I almost feel sorry. Clemson has a very good following, too, and hopefully they've got their allotment of, of a ticket. Well, no, it's not no, that the far, championship's but... in New Orleans, so that's Cajun I mean. Nation will be there. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Oh, I was, like, no, it, I was saying it, in Atlanta. So the, the, oh, the semifinal right. was in Atlanta. George Burrow, or Joe right. Burrow has played two games there this year. They played uh, 
Oh, you're talking about where Matt Ryan played? Yeah, yeah, yeah they played uh, yeah, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, not the Superdome. Gotcha. Uh, not not Joe Burrow, which is Joe also Burrow, Mercedes. Yeah. Joe Burrow's thrown 11 touchdown mm-hmm. passes this year. Matt Ryan's thrown eight in that stadium this year. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, it's stupid. I mean, the, the the guy the guy looks like every part of a of a great pro quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he's athletic. He's yeah. tough as hell. I was shocked they left him in the game as long as they did. Um, but so I I just I, you're I taking know. LSU. I'm taking LSU. I'm taking big. Clemson. I, really? Okay, let me ask you this. So, Clemson was in a little bit of a dogfight. I know Ohio State's really good, mm-hmm. but I wasn't impressed with Trevor Lawrence other than his running. <laughs> I mean, he got better as the game went on throwing it, um, but it seemed they seemed a little disjointed. They didn't seem explosive to me at first. They seemed like they were struggling on offense and – um, that he was he was more out of sync than than I wanted him to be. Sure, but I, I, I give a lot of credit to Ohio State on that too. I mean, Probably. Ohio State defense is really good. It's a lot, hell of a lot better. They got the best player in the country. Yeah, hell of a lot better. They got the best player in the country. I just I think if this national championship game was played next Monday, I would mm-hmm. say LSU. Okay, but there's an extra but an week extra week. I think okay. you know I think Clemson had a much tougher battle. And, but I think that extra week is going to help them. And I, I, I like Dabo Sweeney as a coach. I like their experience as a team. I mean, they got down, mm-hmm. what, 16 nothing to Ohio State, and it didn't phase them. Oh, yeah. They could have packed it in, yeah. And, and they made adjustments and found ways to, to come back in that game. And the defense held them in there, too. I think, I think their defense I, – I, Clemson's defense is better than LSU's. And that's why I like Clemson. Uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you – especially up front, which mm-hmm. is where the game is won mm-hmm. or lost. But – Burrow has managed to get the oh. ball out of his hands quickly, and he's hard to hard to sack. But you maybe look. I think it's going to be a great. I hope it's a great game. Some of these national semifinals have not been, with the exception of uh, of the game the other day between Clemson and Ohio State. But I would like to see a good game because mm-hmm. you've got two of the top. If Trevor Lawrence was able to come out in the draft this year, he would either be one or two in the draft. That's how good he is. That's how much pro pro scouts think about him right now. He would have been one you or know? two last year if he came out after his freshman. Year. You're you're right. You're right about that too. You're right about that. It's crazy, man. It's crazy how good these guys get at such a young age, and and how that position really you know really sort of drives things. So, um, also in college football, Florida was uh, last time I checked as we did this podcast, we're beating up on Virginia. Yeah, they're up twelve with uh, three minutes to go. So it looks like, and they've got the ball right now. So. Looks like the Gators you know, are going to hold on and win that game. That's, I mean, that's an 11-win season for Florida this year, 11-2. and two. Yeah, 11-2 and two for Dan Mullen. And, and you know what? I was impressed with how hard Virginia played. Mm-hmm. They're basically a one-man team you know, with their quarterback. But, I mean, they, they gave the Gators a pretty good game. It was entertaining. There were plays made all over the field. And, um, you know, they, they lost their ACC championship, of course, to Clemson. No, no, uh, no shame in that. But uh, pretty good accounting for themselves down there. Uh, in the Orange Bowl. And, of course, we've got, you know, coming up this week, a ton of the New Year's Day games, including the Outback Bowl. You know, you have uh, Minnesota against Auburn there. Of course, Wisconsin mm-hmm. uh, is going to play Oregon out in the Rose Bowl. Some really good games coming up over the over the next few days. I'll be at the Citrus Bowl on Wednesday with Michigan and Alabama. Now, you're, you're not, are you working or watching? I'm watching. I'm going as a fan. You're watching this yeah. time. Okay. Yeah. So you'll you'll see my friend Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and, well, yes. uh what what an interesting uh, matchup! And now have these guys? I'm just curious. I don't know if you know the answer to this. I probably should have known it before I ask you. But 
Two-storied programs, right? Alabama and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Do they meet very often? Is this a, is this I a one-off? I believe this is the fourth or fifth time. Um, is it? Okay. So they, they met in the um, Jerry World kickoff game back in 2012, I think. Okay. Alabama ran Michigan out of the building in Dallas. I was there. That sounds right. Um, Tom yeah. Brady's last game as Michigan quarterback was a classic Orange Bowl game, 35-34 over Bama in 2000, the Orange Bowl. One of the oh wow one of the top uh, ESPN ranked the the top you know fifty bowl games of all time or whatever that came in like number nine. Uh, it was wow. a great back and forth game between Michigan and Alabama. And they played one or two mm-hmm. other times beyond that, but no, they do not play very often. Yeah, well, I don't know if you remember this. A, a little while ago, there was when you know Harbaugh was doing some funky things at Michigan, taking taking his team to I don't know the Bahamas or whatever it was. Um, you know, Saban had some like, things to say Paris. about that. I mean, he went to Paris and South yeah. Africa. He's not going to the Bahamas. Yeah, whatever. Um, Saban had some. Saban <clears throat> threw some shade at him at one point. I think he didn't like. He didn't like that idea of the uh, sort of the recruiting tours. But uh, well, they didn't like but, it you know, when that, they when they came down to IMG for a week. That's what they didn't like. That was, that was it. Okay, yeah, the Paris right, yeah, one. The, 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 the overseas trip. Everyone seems to say, yeah, that's actually you know kind of why you're supposed to go to college and experience things in this. But when they came down to IMG went, for yeah. a week to to practice during spring break, he, he didn't like that. Yeah. Well, that I mean, I get that. That makes sense. Um, meanwhile, uh, we'll wrap it up on this year. Tampa Bay Lightning, boy, a um, couple of really important back-to-back wins for them. And they're trying – they didn't gain a lot of ground necessarily in the standings, but they're trying to get some games at hand and trying to inch their way back into playoff contention. But Actually, they've made up look, some a little points, mo- so look, A little they, momentum. They, they've made up some in Montreal who lost two games this weekend. Uh, they've passed oh, okay. Buffalo. They're in fourth place now, just a point behind Florida with a game in hand. And they're – I think three points behind Toronto with three games in hand. So um, mm-hmm. that's for second place in the division. So Lightning are playing much better. Um, they're not always they're not scoring maybe as often as you'd like. Um, Doesn't matter. You need points. That's all yeah, it's about right it, now. It's about munching points. Now they, they've they're in a stretch of six straight divisional games. They've won the first three, mm-hmm. which that's what you, you know. Look, there's something like twelve and two against the Atlantic Division. And I think they've won 10 in a row or 11 in a row now, something like that. Well, that's pretty good. That bodes well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're beating up the teams in your division, which that's how you make up, you know, when you when you get two points and the other team gets zero every time you play right. them in your division, that's how you make up ground. I'm kind of optimistic. I'm guardedly optimistic, but I, I think that they're starting to get it together again, and and they they know how to how to get there. They've done it before. Um, this is a little bit more of a hold than they're used to. A couple of years ago, they didn't get all the way out of it, but – um, boy, it sure seems, sure looks good uh, to see them racking up some points finally here after the Christmas break. Now, tonight so, they start a stretch of, look, they have three home games in the next month plus. They're on the road a lot now. They've been at home. They had that stretch of 14 out of 18 at home. Now they're, and they're in a stretch right now of 13 games in 21 days, which they oof. started right after the Christmas break with wow. four back-to-backs in there. Now they, they won the first oh two against Montreal and Detroit. Which means they've yeah. got eleven games left in the next what eighteen days, and wow. three of those at home, the rest are on the road, mm-hmm. and that's before then you get to the bye week and the All Star break, which you have nine days off at that point. But so, so you this, think we'll this have a, a clear up, picture? Yeah. I, I think you know. Look, most of them are going to be on the road. It's going to be a challenge. Um, yeah, they come out of this still in third, fourth place in the division. I think they're you know in good shape. Um, okay. You know, they've got some division games coming up. They're on the road tonight at Buffalo, and they head to Montreal and Ottawa. Um, 
you can win all those games. I mean, you beat Montreal last week. Buffalo, you can beat. And, and Ottawa is not a very good team. So, you know, you can take four mm-hmm. or five points out of the, the three games. And if you can get six points, even better. But, you know, you get four or five points out of there, and you're going to be sitting fine. Yeah, we're going to have fun uh, watching them try to climb their way into the playoffs and see if they get in the postseason what they do once they get there. So, you know, even though football is over, we're going to have more football to talk about, obviously. The Jameis Winston story is not going to go away. There'll be more talk about free agents. Uh, we we discussed, we talked to a lot of the free agents and to be uh, in the locker room, you know, a- after the game or on Monday. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll discuss some of that coming up this week. And, then, of course, tomorrow uh, there's a lot of mailbag questions. We're going to get to all of those uh, for you about the Bucks uh, in our mailbag segment. Uh, that'll be on tomorrow's podcast. We're going to have Chris Torello later this week from uh, Bay News 9, um, you know, Spectrum Sports 360. Uh, so just a, a lot going on this week, of course, with the NFL playoffs are, are about to uh, begin. How about, by the way, we didn't discuss over the weekend, just on a side, how about New England losing to the Miami Dolphins at home and knocking themselves down to a four, what, a four seed now? Did you see Kansas City has over 10,000 signatures for a petition for Ryan Fitzpatrick? To bang, their drum to, start, to, to bang their drum to start their playoff Oh, game. my God. If you remember, Can you imagine? Remember two years ago, the Bengals came back to beat, to win and not, That's and put right. Buffalo in the playoffs. And the amount and, of and donations Dalton that Andy Dalton's foundation got from people in Buffalo, and it was like a $17 donation or whatever it was. It was a small number donation um, that, that somebody up there suggested, and it was like $200,000 worth of donations because Andy Dalton helped them get in the playoffs. Oh, man. Um, Kansas yeah. City wants Ryan Fitzpatrick to come up and bang the drum since uh, he beat New England. Fitzy should do something with it because that's a great opportunity. How about Fitz, man? He's just unbelievable that the guy's still going along and winning games in places he's not supposed to and kind of ruining the Patriots' chances who have not made it to the Super Bowl through this path. And they may have to beat not only Mike Vrabel, their you know former coach or former player as well, uh, with the Tennessee Titans now, and they'll have to take care of that. Um, but they're also going to. I think somebody called it the revenge tour. They'd have to go through yep. Kansas City, um, you and know, then and uh, and then Baltimore, which would be you know, which would be really tough for them. So, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting road for them. But we'll have all of that to discuss in your mailbag questions. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. It's been a uh, fun buck season, but the podcast doesn't end there because let me assure you, this is going to be a wild off season. Whether uh, they bring Jameis back or they don't, what they do with the other free agents, we'll have lots of news. One final thing, Happy New Year to everybody. Be safe out there on New Year's Eve, and uh, we want to thank you for listening to us in 2019, and we hope uh, that you will do the same as we uh, turn the calendar in 2020. Happy New Year. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 